my mother and father went off to work one day and my father did not come home. I was a hot mess for many, many years. You mentioned taking back control of your life and realizing that you could control your life. I, I still, I, I get chills just thinking about it. It was such a, uh, it was just such a bolt out of the blue for me. I was so hopeless and felt so completely helpless. Some people might call that manifesting or divine intervention. I still get down, I still get angry, I still get frustrated. The difference is that now I have learned how to have a mindset to handle it and tools to be able to deal with it. That's the difference. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to season two of Adam Was Mad, a podcast where we discuss all things childhood mental health. I'm your host, Michelle, and each week I speak with a guest who either experienced mental health struggles as a child themselves, is parenting a child who has a mental health diagnosis, or who's a professional in this field. A quick cautionary note, many of our episodes do talk about trauma of various kinds. So listener discretion is advised. Every story is important and valued. And every story reminds us we're not alone out there. You have a village of people who understand exactly what you're going through and who can help. If you're looking to connect more closely with that village, join us on Facebook in the group Your Village by following the link at the top of today's show notes. When you join, enter your email to receive our free monthly resource. Hopefully you'll learn something new, hear something interesting, or truly just be reminded that you're not alone. Without any further ado, let's get to today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today I'm speaking with David Price. Welcome, David. Michelle, how are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. How exciting. I am excited too, and I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. It's a rainy, stormy day here where I am in Virginia, so hopefully we don't get too much thunder noise coming through the recording. Right. Um, so, David, tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I'm originally from Kentucky. As you know, Michelle, I'm now in coastal North Carolina, but originally from Kentucky. Um, I've been a Christian minister for uh, over 30 years, married for about 30 years, have three children and a grandchild, and uh, also a certified professional life coach with my own coaching business. And the reason, Michelle, that I got into coaching was because of about 30-year period of my life that I was very unhappy. Um, a lot of self-hate, uh, a lot of self-loathing, um, lots of anger and frustration, uh, all of which began with the loss of my father when I was seven years old. And so uh, I'm an only child. And anybody who knows me will say, yeah, he, he's definitely an only child. He's spoiled <laughs> in the whole thing. But um, my mother and father and I, when I was seven, lived in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and, uh, my mother and father went off to work one day, left me with uh, my babysitter, uh, and my father did not come home. He suffered a massive heart attack at work. He was 44 years old. Oh. Um, and yeah, and died at the hospital that afternoon. And so my, oh my mother God. had to come home and tell me that my father was dead, uh, when I was seven. And that was, uh, as you can imagine, Michelle was an extremely traumatic experience, um, and on top of the trauma of losing my father and everything that that meant to me as a boy, 
uh, which was the loss of a, a model, an example. Um, you know, uh, I was not able to learn from my father what it meant to be a man, to be a husband, to be a dad. Um, and so I missed out on, you know, I, I can't fix anything. All the guys I know can, I can't fix a darn thing. You know? <laughs> um, and even, you know, I played sports and I coached sports, uh, for over 20 years, but I've always had the feeling, Michelle, and I still continue to struggle with the feeling that as a man, that I'm, I'm less than I'm not masculine. I'm not manly. I'm not uh, capable of being in the company of men in any group of ma- of men, I'm the least worthy to be there. And so lots of stuff going on there. The biggest thing that happened with the loss of my dad was that I learned to use that as an excuse for mediocrity and failure for dysfunction. Um, and I allowed that to be the excuse for why I couldn't ever get anything straight. And I was, I was a hot mess for many, many years. Uh, I'm a slow learner, Michelle. About 30 years it took me to figure out that I needed help. And uh, so finally I did. I reached out to a friend. Uh, He shared a book with me called The University of Success. Uh, People find it hard to believe, but by the second chapter, I was a brand new man. That fast. uh, Yeah, that fast. It, It taught me, Michelle, that I could take responsibility for my life and that I could make changes. I began to do that. And my life completely changed in every way. I lost, have kept off a hundred pounds, um, happier, financially better off, um, more at peace. Um, and then I started coaching because I wanted to help people experience the same transformation and happiness that I had experienced. So hope that's hope that's not too much of a deep dive into the story there. <laughs> no, that's a fantastic summary. And I will just first of all, let me say as the mother of a six and a half year old son right now, I just that gives me goosebumps. I mean, I cannot even imagine. He, of course, is close to both me and his father. But the idea of having to come home and tell my six and a half year old son that his father isn't coming home. I, I literally cannot imagine that. Yeah. I just yeah. I can't even imagine that kind of trauma. And I I understand why that would lead you into having all of these negative self-thoughts and self-talk. I mean, when you go through a trauma like that at such a young age, trauma is horrible at any point in your life. That's why we call it trauma. But as a seven-year-old, yeah. oh, you just, you have no coping skills for that kind of no. major traumatic life event at all. Um, But one thing you mentioned was taking back control of your life and realizing that you could control your life. And I think that's one thing when we talk about children and trauma and children and their mental health, children don't have control, right? There is no sense of control. You don't control when you eat or when you bathe or when you go to bed or when you go to school. It's not something that children inherently have. They are naturally controlled by the adults around them that are raising them. And so I can see how that would have been a major mindset shift from I'm a child who doesn't have any control of this thing that has happened to me to, oh, wait, I do have control. So talk to me a little bit more about that. You mentioned the book, The University of Success, but tell me more about how that transformation came about. Well, it was stunning, Michelle, and I, I still I, mean, I get chills just thinking about it. It was such a it was just such a bolt out of the blue for me. I mean, I just never imagined that that sort of thing could happen to me. And 
And I think this is the position that a lot of people get in is feeling that um, that we're lacking something that enables us to make better decisions and to change. That's the way I felt, Michelle. I felt like when I saw successful or happy people that they got something in life that I did not get. And because I didn't get it, then I was hopeless. And that that was really what characterized me for those 30 or so years was a hopelessness that anything could ever, ever get better. But when I learned, uh, and I don't know what it was about that book or if it could, I don't know. I, I can't speak to details really. But whatever it was about that book that showed me that I could make different decisions that I could become intentional about my life, that I could take actions that would actually make changes in my life that would make my life better. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. I know probably to a lot of people, but that was a, that was a revelation to me. That's something that I did not imagine that I could ever do because I was so hopeless and felt so completely helpless. Wow. And I, I mean, nothing will get better. That feeling of hopelessness. It reminds me of how teenagers never think anything bad will happen. And what I mean when I say that is they're driving fast down the road and they never think the, the car accident will happen to them, right? They think that if they're getting bullied in school, they can't imagine a life where they're an adult and they're in control and they have a job and they're not being bullied. They don't have this forethought because our brains as children and young teens, even older teens, aren't developed enough to be able to see that future, to know that we have, there are negative consequences to our actions, but we can also make positive consequences. We can make decisions that give us positive consequences as well. And I think what you're describing is that sense of not even understanding that the consequences are in your control, right? They're not even things, they're things that happen to you as opposed to things you can do to change your environment. And that is such a major shift. I mean, as you said, it sounds so simple, right? But it <laughs> right. is a major mindset yeah. shift. Yeah. Totally. Do you is there any situation that you can remember where, you know, you made a conscious decision to choose something differently? Well, certainly with, with my weight, um, as I mentioned, I was, I tell people all the time, I wasn't, I wasn't close to 300 pounds, but I could see 300 pounds from where I was. Wow. <laughs> I was getting there. Yeah. And on my frame, I'm, I'm five eleven, and I have a smallish frame and that was very, very large. Um, and so um, I remember, um, one day I was going to pick up my children from school and I had already had lunch and I stopped by Burger King on the way and got a couple of Whopper juniors. And then I stopped by Dunkin' Donuts and got three donuts and a chocolate milk. And I wasn't hungry, but I just, I was, you know, I was, I had this super unhealthy relationship with food and I, and I was just eating like crazy. And I remember when I got those donuts and I was eating those donuts and my waistband on my pants was so tight. I felt like I was being cut in two. And at that moment, I said, I'm done with this. I am not doing this anymore. And, and that completely changed. And that's when it began. And I started to take the weight off. And you know, Michelle, and, and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to give hope. But only 10% of people who lose 10 pounds or more keep it off. 
And I think that's an amazing statistic of people who lose 10 pounds or more. Only 10% of those people keep it off. That's Everybody else. No one. It's crazy. Everybody else gains it back. And so thank God I've been able to, to keep the weight off, but it's been because of those, again, consistent decisions, consistent actions. And there's something key, Michelle, that I think that people need to hear. And that is that when I decided that I was going to lose the weight, I had no idea how I was going to do it because I had been on diet after diet after diet. None of them ever worked. And so I had no idea how I just knew that I was. And what I teach people all the time is that what you need to do is make the decision and not worry about the how, because a lot of people get hung up on the how and they say, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Therefore, I'm not going to decide to do it, which is exactly backward. You need to make the decision that you're going to do it and then put that decision out into the world. And so that it was within a week I think I happened to be talking to a friend of mine and he said, Hey, I've got a diet that worked for me. Why don't you try it? And that was the first thing that I did that took off a bunch of weight. Um, and then it just led to one thing after the other. So I think it's really important, Michelle, for people who feel stuck and who feel helpless to not get hung up on the how never worry about the how decide that you're going to do it, put your decision out into the world and the world will bring to you solutions and uh, answers to your how question. Oh my gosh. That's, I, I love that. I don't even know what to say to that. Make the decision without getting hung up on the how. Don't, don't ever worry that's about how. such fantastic advice. And some people might call that manifesting or divine intervention, but what it is. you're making that decision that right. I'm in control. I'm going to change and let the universe tell me how. I, I just think that's such brilliant advice. I know there's it does take more than just a decision, right? But obviously the decision is the first step. What's the next step? Start talking about it. And that that's one thing I mean by putting it out in the world. Start talking about it. I'll tell you a story. <clears throat> Michelle, you and I were talking about the United Kingdom a while ago. <clears throat> um, I have a dear friend, a member of my family, extended family, uh, who um, going to the United Kingdom is her on her bucket list as well as it is mine. And she, she has three, she has four children, young children, three of them have special needs and they don't have a lot of money. Her family doesn't have a lot of money. So going to the UK with her and her husband is, sounds like an impossibility, right? So she and I were talking about it one day and she said, <clears throat> she said, I'm just not going to even try to make it happen. I want to go so badly, but I'm giving up. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. I said, that's exactly the opposite you need to do. I said, you need to keep talking about it and God will make sure that the world brings you the answers you need. Michelle, here's what happened. She started talking about it very soon after she started talking about it. A friend of hers came up to her and said, I will keep your children for the two weeks that you're going to go to the UK, I will <laughs> keep your children. So, th and this is, this has been the big hangup because Michelle, she'd already had somebody tell her they would pay for her plane ticket oh. for her to go. And so now she starts talking about it and somebody comes up and says, I will keep your four small children. Three of them have special needs. I will keep them for two weeks so that you can go to the United Kingdom. But Michelle, it would not have happened if she had not put her decision out into the world. So what I would say to anybody is who's dealing with those really, really serious issues, start talking about it. 
Now that doesn't mean to just to just uh, vomit information or too much information and and put it all out there to everybody. But start talking to people that you think might have some answers or some connections that you need. Talk to a professional. Talk to a wise friend. Talk to a minister. Talk to a community leader. But start connecting with people and talking to people because as you put it out into the world, you're going to start finding answers showing up in your life and you're going to find solutions to your problems. You know what? That reminds me of, you mentioned how your friend gave you that book, right? And it's that concept of having That's a community, it. having That's a it. village, right? It, it takes a village to raise a child. It That's takes it. a village to achieve any of these goals. And That's your it. friend was part of your village. And by giving you that book, he changed your life forever. That's and it. All it took was talking about it. And that's, that's it. It's so powerful that you no. don't have to have endless resources. You don't have to no. have a million dollars. You don't have to have all the connections. No. You can make these things happen in your life just by beginning to Absolutely. talk, just about, talk about it. Absolutely. And, you know, Michelle, I would say this too, that for many years, the friend who gave me the book, <clears throat> he had been trying to help me for a very long time and I was not ready to receive his help. And so I turned his help down. Um, he was, he had been able to help me the entire time I had known him and he had offered to help me, but I was not ready to receive it. And so a lot of times what we want to do is people who care is we want to try to make people get help. We need to make ourselves available. We need to try to have conversations. We need to show up to people who are hurting and say, listen, I've got a solution if you want to hear it and then drop it. Because if they're not ready to hear it, you're probably going to make things worse. But now you have made them aware that you have an answer. When they're ready to take it, they'll come back to you, which is exactly what I did. The many times that my friend had asked me if he could help, I had said no, but I knew he had answers. So when I was ready for help, I knew where to go. And I went to him and he helped me. You know, I think about that from the perspective of a parent. Isn't that exactly what we want for our children, right? We want to build that relationship with our children. We know they're not going to take every piece of advice we give them. We know they're not even going to listen every time we tell them to do something. But if they know that we're a safe place and we are a, a person or a resource in their life that has answers and has support to offer, when they get into trouble, when they get into that deep, dark space, they will come to us. And if you Absolutely. just push yourself yes. on them over yes. and over yes. and try to force yourself onto yes. them, they're going to push away, yes. pull away. They're going to yes. not want anything to do with you. Exactly. But if you just remind them, I'm here, I'm your support system, I'm your safety net. Yes. Yes. Then when they do get into those dark places, who are they going to call? They're going to call you because they Absolutely. know you're a safe place. And I would say too, Michelle, that one, one thing that parents can do, and my mother was very good about this after the loss of my father. One, another thing we can do is, is um, make sure that our children are connected to as many resources as possible. So my mother got me in Boy Scouts. We were in church, obviously. That was a huge resource. Um, but my mother put me in sports. Um, and so my mother made sure that I had available to me 
plenty of connections, a wealth of connections, so that when I was ready, I had these other people available to me. Maybe I had this guy who I could go to for this, and I had this man that I could go to for something else. So I think another important thing to do for parents, particularly single parents, is to make sure that their children have plenty of, of outside contacts so that they know that there is a big safety net and a big network of helpers around them. I think that's important. I, I think so too. I completely agree because, you know, if your child may not be safe or feel safe coming to you and saying, right. you know, I'm, I'm thinking about trying drugs or alcohol, or yes. I'm doing X, Y, Z thing that we worry about as parents, but maybe yes. they'll go to a neighbor's or yes. maybe they'll go to a friend's parents or a teacher or a guidance counselor or a coach. And I think that's such a fantastic point, having these people in your children's life so that if they don't feel comfortable coming to you on any particular topic, they have other safe resources for them. David, tell me about where you are today. You've made this amazing transformation. What's your life like now? Well, it, it's better. I mean, to say it's better is an understatement. I mean, um, I'm I'm so much happier. Um, I'm so much more at peace. Um, I, I have a, a program. One of my coaching programs is for husbands and fathers who are angry, aggressive, and frustrated and taking that out on their families. And one of the reasons that I'm able to do that, to have that program is because that was me. Um, mm -hmm. I did a lot of things right as a dad. One thing I determined when I lost my dad was that I was going to be the most present and involved father that I could be because I knew I could go at any minute. And so, and I, I did that. I was present for everything my kids did and involved. Um, but I was also angry. I was also frustrated. I was short-tempered. Um, I yelled at my kids. Um, I called my kids names. I was sarcastic with my kids. I put them down um, and did a lot of really, really horrible things to my kids because I was so frustrated and angry in myself. All that is gone. All that is is gone. It's removed. Um, I, my daughter tells the story a lot that when I first got into personal growth, um, as you can imagine, my kids were skeptical, you know, and they talk <laughs> about, you know, dad's reading his success books and dad, this and that. And so they were skeptical about that. But my daughter tells the story that one time she and I were in our dining room and she knocked over a plant and dirt went everywhere. And she said, she said, I froze. I was I, I, I didn't know what dad was going to do because I had knocked this plan over and I, I didn't know how he was going to blow up. And she said, I'll never forget. She said he, he paused. He smiled. He said, well, those things happen. Let's clean it up. It's no big deal. And she said, right then I knew that all this personal growth stuff was actually working. You know, and so <laughs> that's one of my favorite stories in the world because it demonstrates that my kids were able to see that I was a different person. I just don't have those blowups anymore. I don't have that stuff. That said, Michelle, I think it's, it's essential to point out that. I still get down. I still get angry. I still get frustrated. I, I still have moments of sadness. I still feel like a failure sometimes. I still feel um, uh, down and unworthy. I still have all of those things. The difference is that now I have learned how to have a mindset to handle it and tools to be able to deal with it through personal growth. That's the difference. Um, about a year or so, a year and a half ago, 
I went through my most difficult time since I got into personal development and it was really tough. But the difference was, Michelle, that before I learned what I learned, I would have gone from here to way down here. But instead, I went from here to here, which was a major improvement. And I knew how to get back up to a better place. And so I'm a thousand percent better off than I was. I still have a lot of struggles. And I think people need to hear that. Michelle, from people like you and me, I think folks need to hear that you never get over that stuff. Life is never perfect, but you can learn tools to deal with it and make it a heck of a lot better. So, so true. And it reminds me of something I tell my kids all the time, which is that if you're not scared, then you're not being brave. Amen. You can be brave. Bravery comes from doing something that yes. is scary. If it's yes. not scary, then the bravery isn't there. Yes. And that's the same thing. You know, you don't, it's not about creating a life free of trauma or sadness or anger or those negative emotions. They're still there. It's choosing how we react to them and what we do yeah. with them and how we let them or don't let them impact the people in our lives around us. And I think that's, it's just such a positive story, you know, trauma to transformation. David, if people want to learn more about you or get in touch with you, how can they do that? Sure. I've got a website, uh, www.takebackyl, the letters YL for your life, takebackyl.com. Or you can find me on Facebook. If you look up David Price on Facebook, there's a devilishly handsome man that comes up right at the top of that list. Uh, and I'm and I'm the one right underneath him. And so I'm easy to find that way. Uh, but you can find me, David Price, in Moorhead City, North Carolina. Uh, find me there. Love to connect and help anybody however I can. Michelle, thank you for asking. Of course, listeners, those links are all going to be in the show notes today. David, it has been such a privilege chatting with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Michelle. It's been awesome. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow or subscribe and check out today's show notes for free downloadable resources and a link to join your village, our Facebook community. Catch you next time.